The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Your home is probably your biggest asset. As lifestyles change, your environment needs to change too. Welcome to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment with Laura Minnep. Laura has nearly two decades of lifestyle consulting experience. She can help you improve your living situation and help maximize your home value when the time comes to move along to the next phase of your life. Now, here is your host, Laura Minnep. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. Our show today is the inner well-being of your mind as you navigate life's journey. Through different periods of our lives, we experience both physical and mental challenges. To cope, we may talk to a family member, significant others, friends, even medical professionals. As loved ones age, they may face mental issue, health issues that affect their lives and others around them. Seeking the support of professionals can be a valuable part of providing care and assistance to the entire family. My guest today is Eric Burko. Dr. Eric Burko has master's and doctoral degrees in counseling psychology. With over 20 years of experience working with individuals and families, he has specialized knowledge in geriatrics, working with individuals, families, and caregivers. He helps people cope with depression, anxiety, grief, and dementia. It is inevitable that we will continue to age, but it is not automatic that we will become depressed during the process. Dr. Burko will offer insights on how to embrace the present without judgment or angst. He will help us understand how to manage with those who have Alzheimer's and other challenges. I'm sure our conversation today will spark many questions and, of course, additional discussion points from all of my listeners. So, please remember, you are more than welcome to call in at any time at one 613 1612 or email us, laura at L-A-U-R-A-M-I-N-E-F-F.com. Now, before I turn the microphone over to Dr. Burko, I would like to give a brief summary and introduction. Dr. Burko is a licensed psychologist specializing in health psychology with extensive experience in geriatrics. He received his undergraduate degree in psychology from the Ohio State University, go Bucks, <laughs> and his master's and doctoral degrees in counseling psychology from the University of Albany. He has um, authored articles on geriatrics, anxiety disorders, pain management, and male communication patterns. He has appeared on television to discuss the psychological issues of aging. He has presented extensively on topics of geriatric psychology such as caregiver stress, dementia, and behavioral management. Dr. Burko is the clinical director of an agency specializing in geriatric mental health. He has trained numerous clinicians, helping them understand the biological, psychological, and social aspects of providing care to an aging population. 
Dr. Burko relocated back to the Cleveland area with his family in 2005 and started a private practice, Burko Psychological Associates. Here is a big welcome to Dr. Burko, a licensed psychologist specializing in health psychology with an extensive experience in geriatrics. Dr. Burko, it is wonderful having you here today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I'd really like to start a discussion off today by having you express to us what it is that drew you professionally to the geriatric community. Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of people ask that question. Why are you hanging out with old people? (laughs) Now, wait a minute. (laughs) Well, you know, the definition changes. We all age ourselves. Isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess the thing is for me that if you hang out with people as they age, they gain this lovely wisdom. And if you're smart enough to shut up, and to listen, you actually learn some very, very valuable lessons. I think the other thing is that we have this stereotype in our head that as people age, they kind of shrink, they sort of smell bad, they lose their teeth, they kind of get depressed and grumpy, and that's not really what happens, right? People as they age, they watch their family grow and change, they learn about life, they, they, uh, they, they have life experience, they have something to share. And so I love sitting down. Um, I learn things myself. Hopefully I'm helping others too, but I get to learn also about myself and uh, certain ways to live your life more fully. And I have to imagine that that also extends to the people that you're associated with, that when you're learning, isn't isn't it the truth that as we teach, we learn the most and we connect with people in probably unexpected ways so that the help that we think we're giving them and touching and tapping into or that they're asking for, might it not just take a different direction? Yeah, absolutely. As you're working with families, as you're um, teaching nurses and other physicians and psychologists, the wisdom that's there, the wisdom of a daughter who's caring for her mother as she's aging and has dementia, that wisdom that she develops and those tricks, those little tips of things that she's learned, it's remarkable, right? So you're right. As I'm trying to teach and learn and explore these ideas, that's the wonderful thing is I get to learn each day also. And as a psychologist, a medical psychologist, you have the ability to recognize some strong signs and symptoms or triggers that allow you to tap into the possibly what the, the patient doesn't know to ask. Hmm. <laughs> you're smiling. Well, because... <laughs> Part of uh, people think that psychologists are sort of mystics in some ways. Right. Right? That you <laughs> come in and you tell them your dreams or they show you ink blots. I do have the ink blots actually. <laughs> I don't really use them in my practice anymore, but they're fun to um, but they're fun and they are they are very interesting. But that somehow this mystical process happens. The person, the patient walks in the room, the door closes, you sit in these comfortable chairs and something (laughs) odd happens, you're not really sure what and you'll probably talk about your mother and share some dreams and feel really uncomfortable and and then there will be this puff of smoke and something magical will happen. The epiphany. (laughs) Yeah, and it doesn't really work that way. Um, It's this process of establishing a relationship, a genuine, thoughtful collaborative relationship where you're trying to enter into that person's world and help them open up and find answers to their own questions. And is a lot of that based on even fear? I mean, I I know that even personally, I think about, I think, oh, shoot, 
I don't want to, well, first of all, I don't want to think that I need a psychologist for many reasons. But again, the fear of you're going to figure me out. You're going to get into my closet and my skeletons are going to show. And, and as I'm aging, I think that that closet, that door just becomes almost locked. And, and I haven't expressed any of this to anyone. And here I'm going to sit in front of you, a stranger, but trust you with my most intimate thoughts, concerns, fear. And here at the same time, I'm also aging going through this. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma. As much as we talk about and the media has really tried to, to normalize and tried to educate the public on mental illness and that it's okay to seek help and that there are a lot of people, people put out statistics and numbers, a percentage of the population that does struggle with mental health issues. And as much as we've tried to open that door and make it more comfortable, it still feels like it's a personal failure. Sure. Or an embarrassment that you have to seek out, you know, I'm not strong enough. Right. And particularly the generation that's aging now is a strong, solid, pull up your bootstraps, don't reveal any weakness, just keep on marching along. Isn't um, that the truth? Yeah. So trying to get um, get people to feel open and comfortable, it absolutely can be a challenge. Now, the whole code of psychology is all based upon confidentiality really for that purpose. So in some ways it may be easier to come speak to a stranger about your own personal problems because that's going to stay in that room. And I'm bound by law to keep it in that room so that if you tell me things, then I'm going to honor that confidentiality, which hopefully helps you feel safe to be able to talk about whatever it is that you need to talk about. Well, let's. can you help me to define the term psychological behavioral aspects of life as far as pertaining to how I'm aging? Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's this thing called normal age-related cognitive decline. So as we age, just like our physical body changes, um, if anybody works out, they know that their physical stamina over time, no matter how much they keep going... It starts to slow down. The muscles aren't as strong. We're not as flexible, right? There are psychological correlates to that too. Our speed of processing slows down. Okay. So if you're doing um, working in the kitchen, this is a great example. My mother-in-law likes to tell me, I can't move that fast anymore. You're going too fast. <laughs> I'm like, in a hurry. We've got 30 people coming over to the house. We have to get everything done. Um, but that mental kind of hardiness of speed of processing slows down so it does take you longer to do things that's normal aging process we start to have some mild short-term memory difficulties we start to have a harder time maybe remembering where the keys are trying to keep all the papers organized that we've done that's all very normal you don't need to freak out about that so kind of the humorous rule is if you can't find your keys that's pretty normal if you've forgotten what your keys are for, <laughs> then we're probably starting to get into more trouble area. So the things that you really want to look for, most people are afraid that they're kind of losing their mind as they age, that they're starting to lose their memory and develop some sort of dementia. So what you're looking for are um, signs that something has significantly changed. Like mom goes to the same hairdresser for 25 years and can't find her way home. 
and she gets lost driving in a familiar place. That's a flag up. It's time to go to the physician and get checked out. Um, the other thing that you get is you might get some uh, what are personality changes, right? You'll start to notice, you know, dad, dad was always such a mellow, relaxed, sure. loving, calm guy and he's been really grouchy and surly lately and and he seems to be more disorganized. He always kept the checkbook perfectly and he bounced a couple checks. Right? These are flags to look for. And that frustration must come out in more maybe volatile like anger or and, and may it's maybe not even be related to what it is that's going on necessarily. Okay, can't balance my checkbook, but them the undertone of knowing that I can't balance my checkbook. Right. We don't like to admit, none right. of us really like to admit when we're not very good at something right. or we're failing at something. So when those flags go up, the thing to do is really, that's the sign to go get a medical checkup. Um, we can talk more about it, but there are, a, there are a number of things that look like we're starting to decline cognitively, but they're actually medical problems. There are things like hormone imbalances, vitamin deficiencies, we may have an infection. Um, we may be dehydrated. There are a lot of things that we need to look at before we start assuming that we're not going to be able to think and remember things anymore. That is, uh, that is awesome. I'd really like, we have to take a break, but I'd like to come back with that thought in mind. And I know there are things we can do to help us keep stimulated and motivated and enthusiastic. Thank you so much. We'll be right back after the break talking with Dr. Eric Burko. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Is your mind and spirit in sync? Are you open to enhancing your way of thinking and creating ease in decision making? Are you ready to move past your blocks and create real lasting results? Are you ready for a mindset reset? Each week you will learn proven mindset reset practices you can put into use immediately to change your life and start a whole new way of thinking. Start by tuning in to Mindset Reset, live with Prudence Gensman, every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Women's Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. If you have a question for Laura Minnett or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Now back to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. Welcome back, everyone. We are here today talking with my very enlightening guest, Dr. Burko. He is a licensed psychologist specializing in health psychology with extensive experience in geriatrics. So right before the break, we were talking about um, not just the definition of um, behavioral um, activity, but how it is that we're leading into that and how we come about being able to ask for potential help and who asks for the help? Is it our children? Is it our caregiver? Is it our partner? Is it, how are we coming about that, that door? How, how are we walking into your door, Dr. Burko? Yeah, as much as I'd like to say that people just kind of are clamoring to get into <laughs> the office and knocking on the door, please see me and help me. Right. <laughs> um, some people do. But most people are sort of dragged there or gently nudged there by a loving family member, um, either a spouse or a child who, who just feels that things aren't the same. They've noticed that uh, dad is isolating more, that um, maybe he's uh, not going to breakfast like he used to if he's retired and, you know, every Friday the guys all get together for breakfast and then hang out and talk that he doesn't really feel like doing that anymore that um you know and his and his wife notices that and starts feeling concerned and starts dragging him along um to see providers including the psychologist sure absolutely so what what can so how do people go about so here they come in they're going to walk in your door however that is that they've gotten there and again We've talked about this just a little bit, and then I know you and I have talked about it quite extensively, about the fear, the, the fear, the disbursement of this fear of that initial, that initial contact. So I, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I think that it's a big issue as far as people, like, how do I know you're the right one? How do I know I can trust you? Right. Yeah, so there are lots of layers to that. When you talk about the fear, but the the other part of deciding who the right person is for you, I think just like um, just like anything else in life, you need to do some screening. You need to do a little homework before. Sure, okay. So a recommendation from your primary care physician okay. who has a, a collaborative working relationship with a mental health professional, that's a great way to go because you know they're going to be collaborating or working together. But it's also okay to call the office and ask some questions. Right? Oh, good. Okay. What, how long have you been doing this? What kind of problems do you typically deal with? What sort of style will this, you know, what's going to happen when we're there? How long do you envision this might take? So you get a sense of talking to them in a very quick conversation. We all make judgments very quickly. <laughs> well, yes, we do, don't we? <laughs> so we'll know within 30 seconds. I don't like the sound of the tone of that right. person's voice. I'm not going to see that guy. Right Now, if you do that to 12 people, then it's probably about you and not <laughs> right. about the providers. But trying to get a sense and a feel if you feel comfortable um, with the way they're talking and what their approach is going to be. I think that's a good way to start. So 
I'm going to say, I'm going to ask. I I also have to I have to know for myself that there as I'm going through this aging process, and and no matter what, whether I seek your help or not. It, it it is going to happen. I mean, and and those are, don't you have what what's your phrase? What is it that you say? What that what? No matter what, we are all aging. Yes, but we all also are embracing life. We are, and there's yeah, that people like to joke about. Oh, you know, I'm getting older, but it's better than the alternative. <laughs> right, exactly, which I really don't. Yes, if I choose to go, I'm going. Sorry, I'm leaving. <laughs> the thing is, as we, as we age, hopefully if we're doing it gracefully, we have this curiosity about life. We have this openness to new experience. Even the experience of aging, right, as your body changes, as you're not able, you know, as certain doors kind of get a little more closed and harder to go through, you're probably not going to be going on American Ninja Warrior. I don't know if you've seen that show. It's a <laughs> right. crazy obstacle course that people do. You're probably not going to be doing that at age 70. Um, but the curiosity of, of watching other people do those things or watching your family grow and watching the news and being interested politically and finding things you're still passionate about, that stuff does not have to change at all. In fact, don't you ap- offer some tools of maintaining interest in our life and as we go forward in these stages of aging? Yeah, it's sort of a holistic approach. If we're, if we're really trying to pay attention to ourselves and our health as we age, um, there are a few things that we really want to do. Um, there are prevention things that everybody knows about. We heard about them in elementary school, about eating lots of vegetables, okay, and not right. eating a lot of fat, and trying to keep you know, good fuel in our body, trying to stay hydrated trying to keep your heart rate up a few times a week, three or four times a week, of at least just getting out for a brisk walk, of not letting that part go, of trying to do stretching, right? So all those physical things that we already all know. But then the psychological part of that, so let me ask you a question. The number one thing that leads to psychological health, if you had to guess, I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't play this. No, we did not. (laughs) That leads to my psychological health? Yes, correlated most with psychological well-being. What do you think? Love. Love. Yeah, relationship. That would just that was an automatic absolutely. And that is in my life, that's an interesting that's an interesting um, correlation between where I'm at and where like I've raised my children, I've had a relationship, but shucks now I'm on my own. And that love that has cha- has taken a different venue. And so are you suggesting that you can help us to understand how we can look at that in a different way? Yeah, I think that's what we're all always doing. We're all trying to figure out who am I? Why am I here? How am I who am I in this world and who am I connected with? And where's that sweet spot? It doesn't have to be, you know, a romantic partner. There are many ways that sure. we have relationships in our life through organizations, whether they be religious organizations or political or community organizations. Um, There are friends, there are family, but developing these thoughtful, connected human relationships is the most psychologically protective thing that we can do. And I have to think that involves myself. I have to really continue and love myself, love myself, appreciate myself. 
acknowledge that I really am worthy. I'm I'm still worthy of being here. I still have something I want to contribute. I want to be excited about the next part of my life. I want to know that I have the ability to reach out and touch, connect to, and tune in and tap into other people. And I have got to imagine that I need that reminding. Isn't that part of the role you would play in my life? Yeah, I, I think part of the default of the of the human condition is that it's very, very easy to go negative, right? It's very easy to focus on all the bad things sure. in our lives and the world around. And it's not to diminish. Bad things happen. We lose people. Illness occurs, right? There are all sorts of bad things that do happen all the time. Um, but our 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 brain, I'll go off on a little bit of a tangent, but that the, the human brain, I think, is more built towards the negative because it sort of needed to be for us to survive. We need to know if we're out there wandering in the, in the wilderness trying to survive, we need to be careful that those, boy, those berries are poisonous. We right. need to be careful that I haven't stored enough wood and it's getting cold and I better be able to light a fire and I don't have enough water. And we better be worried and negative and anxious about everything if we're going to survive. And if you think about happiness, it's harder to sustain. We have to work harder at that. Why do we have to work so much harder at that? Why are we on the defense? Why are we in that? I mean, I know that's a big topic. (laughs) Well, no, I actually have a relatively short answer. It's an oversimplified answer, but because our brain is really built for spurts of pleasure, right? That motivates us, hunger, right? But as soon as we're done with that meal, right? Then that kind of, you know, a half hour later, oh, I'm hungry. I got to eat something again, right? (laughs) Right. It doesn't go away. Or if you uh, if you have a really good orgasm, right? That <laughs> fades, and okay, where can I get more sex? Right? It kind of comes back. So we're built for this kind of temporary, intense pleasure, like a that, fix. Like a fix, it motivates to do things, but uh, uh, but it's much easier easier to sustain a negative attitude. So one of the lessons is to be thoughtful and know yourself very well, and to f- try to sustain some level of happiness which isn't pleasure and we often mistake we often mistake the two so trying oh, to sort that through in sure. your own life i think is a challenge for all of us to find that sweet spot um, where we don't get too caught up in just being negative at no at at any age that that we're, we're not in fact aren't we also referring to both the significant other in our life if there is one or our caregiver i mean we're talking about both sides of aging that the person that's watching us and taking care of us and also ourselves personally and isn't there there i have to imagine a, a line of appreciation for each aspect of that person because i know that there are challenges in trying to understand the process of aging and being the positive aspect of it is not natural yeah yeah it's um being a caregiver is perhaps one of the biggest challenges you know it's one thing when you have a child right and they're a newborn infant and you have to change their diaper and you have to feed them and you have to do everything for them but you have this general concept that that's sort of this temporary thing with an end goal that this will mature and grow and change in this sort of positive, thoughtful way. When you're, when you're caring for a loved one who is declining with dementia, who you're doing all of those caregiving um, acts for, but you're not doing it 
with the future of trying to raise this child who's going to go forth into the world, it has a different it has a different feeling and a different meaning. So getting your head around your role as a caregiver of being thoughtful and compassionate, of trying to keep your own mental health intact by mm -hmm. having distractions and supports and other things to do. You cannot be on an island if you're going to be the if you're going to be a care provider. You have to create relationships and a network of people around you. That is absolutely beautifully said. Thank you so much for that. Listen, again, another break is coming up, but when we come back, we'll talk about here are two wonderful words, depression and sex during our life's journey. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good teaser. So you'll want to stay tuned yeah. in, listeners. Okay, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. This week, my guest is outspoken former congressman and one of our country's most prominent gay public figures, Mr. Barney Frank. He'll be with us to talk about the Supreme Court's ruling on DOMA and how the Obama presidency is doing in its second term. Don't miss Barney Frank this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. You're tuned to the Voice America Women's Channel. Leading the way for your success. You are listening to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. If you have a question for Laura Minnett or her guest today, please call into the program at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Now back to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. Welcome back, everyone. We are here today talking with my guest, Dr. Eric Burko, a licensed psychologist specializing in health psychology with an extensive experience in geriatrics. So here we go. 
I would like to talk about the proverbial elephant that is sometimes in the room. This is true or false. The sexual drive can still be strong and healthy, even if you are 70s or 80s. And if that is true, are there some challenges or perhaps opportunities that assisted living and retirement communities and even the children of these active parents need to deal with? So it's a great question. If anyone has taken Psych 101, they've probably read about Sigmund Freud. (laughs) Freud was an interesting, strange man, but he believed there were two basic drives in all of us, sex and aggression. And if you spend any time around other human beings, you've probably observed that sex and aggression are very strong, basic biological drives that we all have. It makes perfect sense, right? If we're going to survive, we need to procreate so we can pass on our genetic goo to the next generation. (laughs) Um, And if we're going to try to survive in this world, we need to be able to defend ourselves and be ready to do that. Um, And there's no reason that either of those basic human instincts um, disappear as we age. So yes, it is normal a very, very normal for people to still have sexual urges, sexual thoughts, sexual desires as they age. And I know I hate to relate these two together, but through this thought process of the sexual d- drive and desire, I know that a lot of people as we age, for many reasons, um, sometimes psychological, sometimes medical, go through a depression. So can you help us tie those two together? I know that seems like an oddity, but... No, it's actually not. If you look at the literature on depression, you look at the questionnaires that have been constructed to uh, evaluate whether someone is depressed, Mm -hmm. the most famous of them is called the Beck Depression Inventory. Okay. Um, And the last question is whether the uh, person has a decreased interest in sex. Um, so there's absolutely a connection between depression and lack of interest. In general, when we become depressed, we have something called anhedonia, which is a decreased interest in previously enjoyed activities. Um, sex can be one of those. But going out with friends, uh, going to the movies, if we liked to do puzzles or always did the crossword puzzle, right? those are things that we used to like to do. We start to fade away from those interests. We have typically changes in sleep patterns. Um, and our appetite appetite may change. And some people tell me, particularly women, that the best thing about my depression is I lost a bunch of weight. Not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that they want to go through the depression, but it's a sign that the appetite can change. Um, you get a depressed mood, uh, negative thoughts, and some people do, do even have thoughts of suicide, and we should probably talk about that. I mean, sex is something... Uh, to talk about as we age, but the, but the potential of suicide, in, there is some increased risk, particularly with elderly, um, with aging men, Caucasian men who have a chronic medical problem, who have a history of depression, who um, uh, if you add alcohol or other drugs into the mix, the, the, the uh, risk rate significantly increases. So we need to be careful and pay attention to those type of things. Um, So in extreme cases with depression, you can have suicidal thinking also. So that depression comes in different forms. I know it does. And I don't want to completely concentrate on it, but I just think that it's such a, 
it's not just an awareness. I think it's also something that we deny. I mean, we go into the, you know, thinking, oh, you know what? I don't like the way I look today. I think I'll hire a personal trainer or shoot, you know, I know I need to change my, you know, my, um, in, you know, the food that I intake, but I'm on my own and I don't cook anymore. Or, you know, the things that lead to depression, I don't think we pay attention. And almost like it creeps up on us. Yeah. Yeah, it can kind of sneak through the da- through the back door. Right. Yeah. And we wake up one morning laying in bed, and we haven't showered for a week. <laughs> no, seriously, just right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it does, and you don't realize it. Someone comes over, and said, "Oh my God, what's going on with you?" And then the alarms go off. Yeah, and then the alarms. And go then off. yes, and then those of us who do care about us, you know, or as we call them, caregivers, or you know, our part, then they get they get become afraid for us and then this whole snowball begins so again if there were the ability for us to know and be aware of when do you enter into our life so I have to think you also are preventative Hmm. absolutely Um, there are people who do come in um, for a mental health checkup to get an idea how am I I want to make sure I'm doing okay there are people who do that and it's a thoughtful wise thing to do I mean, you go for an annual physical, sure. get your blood pressure checked and see if your weight is in line and to make sure that there aren't any things going wrong within your system. Um, it's not unreasonable to do that with, uh, with your mental health also, right? To do a depression screening, to do an anxiety screening, and even to get a baseline checkup. One of the challenges that I have, if I'm asked to do a neuropsych eval on someone because they may be beginning to have memory loss, I don't have a baseline of right, where they were five sure. years ago or right. ten years ago. So if you come in and I can do a baseline measure, a pretty quick baseline measure of a, 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 a there are screening measures that you can do, and then you come back five years later or ten years later, um, then I have some data to compare it to, which is an interesting concept. The idea of sort of preventative mental health practice, kind of being proactive. Yeah. Now, if you haven't done the prevention part and you feel like or someone feels like it's time to come in I really think the first thing to do like we talked about is to just to go to your primary care physician get a good physical health checkup things like your thyroid other issues can be happening blood pressure issues dietary issues that may look like depression they may look like dementia and so those are good places to start Um, and then they can either give you a referral or you can um, I mean the, the internet is a wonderful resource these days you can actually go through just like you're trying to find a painter for your house. Uh-huh. You can go online and you can look at ratings and uh, of of folks in your area that provide these types of services. Well, that's an interesting um, point. So, what are some exterior, um, res- you know, resources that we could go to? Maybe even so that we start to think about seeing, you know, a professional like yourself. Do you have recommendations? Yeah, so um, most large hospitals uh, have a geriatric assessment center where they actually have professionals that specialize in these areas. Metro Health has a wonderful one um, with uh, Dr. Jim Campbell has been there forever. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a wonderful guy. Don't ask him to tell you jokes, just really <laughs> bad jokes. But he's a, he's a wonderful clinician and the folks, uh, and the folks there, this is what they do. Um, so you kind of want, you know, 
we make a big deal of going to see a pediatrician for our kids. Right. We sure do. Um, regularly. We, regularly, right? Obsessively. Obsessively, maybe. right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. I think there's toenail fungus on right. my child's exactly. I need to get right. in today. Right. right. But we often don't do that for ourselves. So maybe having that self-respect and that thoughtful concern for ourselves is a loving thing we can do not just for ourselves, but for our family too, you mm-hmm. know, to, to be proactive in our own health and be seeking out so that um, so that nobody wants to be a burden. That's one of the biggest fears, you know. I don't want to be a burden on my children, on my family. And so you stick your head in the sand and you keep on trudging along. Um, that may actually be place you at more risk to, 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 to end up being a burden. So be thoughtful and proactive. Sure, absolutely, yes. Um, and that, I know there are some really good, again, um, references out there as far as the written word, you know, books or I don't know, actually, I guess I'm asking you that question, you know, or websites that we can go to. I know a lot of our listeners really enjoy reading mm-hmm. and obtaining and absorbing the beginning of the acceptance of maybe I do need to at least start to be a little bit proactive. Like I said, we look in the mirror and think, oh, shoot, how did my body turn into that? So we go to the gym, you know. But also there's, there has to be a stimulant, and I'm sure there is, of us saying, wow, you know what? I don't remember where I put my keys. Shoot, this is really bothering me. I, wanted, I need somewhere to go to or check, check that I'm, I'm okay. Or what do I do? And how do I do it if I'm not okay? Yeah, there are, there are a lot of resources out there trying to weed through them all. I mean, if you go into any bookstore and look at the I know, self-help section. Exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing online. And you do want to steer. You have to be thoughtful about where you steer. Reputable sites, you know, um, that have the backing of, of large institutions that have ideas that are well-researched and thoughtful and done by physicians or psychologists or other people who, who know what they're talking about. Not that there aren't folks, you know, that, that would be a little bit on the periphery that have really thoughtful, good ideas, but kind of starting with a foundation of research and, 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 and thoughtful um, inquiry behind it. There's a wonderful book called The 36-Hour Day. Um, which oh, I, is, yes. you've probably heard of that. It's for uh, caregivers caring for a loved one with dementia. Um, there are uh, a whole list of positive psychology books. There's a guy, Martin Seligman, who um, originally did research on depression. This is interesting. Um, he came up with this concept of learned helplessness where eventually, like, if a dog is in a cage with an electric grid on the bottom and they keep getting zapped, eventually they just lay there and take it. Oh. Kind of like depression, right? Life is zapping right. me and I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to lay here and take it. Right. Even when they opened the cage door, the dog wouldn't go out. So he spent the first half of his career talking about the negative consequences and about depression. <laughs> he spent the second half of his career talking about positive psychology and about ways to find happiness and meaning and joy in our daily lives. So um, looking up his work on positive psychology. And if you want an online thing that you can do, that you can work on, there's a website called Mood Gym that is free. You can go on. It's It gives you daily exercises to do. You fill out your really? own profile. Yeah, it's sort of cool. That is cool. And then they give you these cognitive behavioral exercises that you can practice and work on each day. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so that might be I mean, just something like, like a mantra, like, you know, a daily mantra. Um, I, 
here, it's time for another break. <laughs> so um, we will return, and we do have a question that came in via email, and we'll address that when we come back and also introduce you to next week's guest. Very good. We'll be right back after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Marsh Engel Radio is the place for asking the big questions at the center of your success. From ways to fire up a lifestyle of your dreams to the most awe-inspired ideas to launch your entrepreneurial destiny, Marsh Engel Radio is designed to shake up the ordinary, catapult your creativity, and give focus to your passions. Marsh has helped thousands, and she's ready to help you, too. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. You're tuned to the Voice America Women's Channel. Leading the way for your success. You are listening to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. If you have a question for Laura Minnett or her guest today, please call into the program at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Now back to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. Welcome back, everyone. We are here again with Dr. Eric Burko, a licensed psychologist specializing in health psychology and extensive experience in geriatrics. Um, Before we get back to going over some calls and emails that came in, I would like to give a quick promo for next week's show titled, What You Need to Know About Insurance Policies for Your Financial and Physical Well-Being. Overview being, the knowledge is power, and the more we know as we travel life's journey, the better prepared we are to continue our financial and physical well-being. Through our life insurance policies for health, home, auto, even commercial and professional coverage, we're part of our background to protect us and safeguard our assets. Insurance issues can dramatically change as we get older. My guest, Tim Graydon, is president of the Graydon Company and is respected chartered property and casualty underwriter, CPCU. 
He will share a plethora of information on all aspects of insurance, including personal umbrella liability insurance and what it is important to have pre- and post-retirement. Tim's insights and expertise will cover information on how to determine what insurance policies we need, how to save money at this stage in our lives, what it is in our best interest to have the policies and insurance resources that are available to us. Okay, now back to my guest, Dr. Eric Burko. Okay, Dr. Burko, I feel like we've really touched on a lot of topics today that are imperative to our well-being as we move through our life in these stages as we grow older. Um, There was a, um, during the um, few breaks that we've had, there was an email that came in. So I'd like, there was a question. I'd like to read it and then have your response. Um, So this came in um, during our break, which was from Brian in San Francisco. Thank you, Brian. My parents, who are in their 80s, are still living in their home, and we have many resources that Laura has covered in her programs to assist them. They are relatively in good health, but it seems like every week one of their friends is going to a nursing home or has passed away. I notice that some days my mom never gets dressed or out of her pajamas, and she seems to be a little less interested in activities. And my dad puts on good a good front, but he is sometimes argumentative for no reason and mad at the world. Sometimes you hear stories of older couples deciding to totally give up, sit in the garage with it closed and the car running to end it. Dr. Burko, what should my sister and I do? Yeah, it's a great question. As one of the things that is often inevitable as we age is we watch changes in people around us. So we do... The longer we live, we often lose loved ones. Um, We may lose our friends' network of people that we've known forever and been social with and and have all these memories with. Um, And we see people get get ill and it kind of starts to get to us and you start to think, well, is this going to happen to me? Um, And you can. Both of those scenarios, uh, both the husband and the wife, um, are displaying some signs of depression. Um, It's interesting men and women often display depression a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, women often will internalize and become quieter and more withdrawn. Men often become more surly and angry. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I'm not interpreting. I'm not right. judging any of that. I don't know. But these are... Um, these Grumpy are, old men. Well, yeah, you said that. Not me. Uh, sorry. Um, and so... The thing to do, like we've been talking about, are number one is to is to connect with them and enter into their world. Maybe there's something going on that we don't know about. Maybe there's something going on in the house, or maybe there's some conflict between the two of them. Maybe they're having some health changes. But instead of just jumping on the judgment train and you need to do this and you need to do that and mom, you're not and dad, you're all a grumpy old guy and this is blah blah blah. Um, which is a, a natural reaction to do that because you're trying to get them motivated to get sure. them moving. You're but scared. Absolutely. And you're scared that they're going to do something horrible like sit in the garage and try to you know, go out together. You, so you're afraid. But that fear is probably best utilized to take a step back, to collect yourself, bring over a pot of coffee and some nice sweet to eat and sit down at the kitchen table <laughs> and start the conversation. I've noticed some changes. What's going on? I'm a little bit concerned or help me understand what you're thinking about. And from there, they'll be able to guide you. You'll know once the conversation starts um, where you need to go. If you need to seek out professional help, if if you need to rally their friend network, if you need to rally their church, 
if you need to um, begin to get some services into the house. You've got an, you, it, it is an individualized process of figuring out what's going on with them and following their needs. So actually, psychologically and in your profession, you actually almost have to be able to read everybody involved in the situation so that because they're going to start to relate to each other, I, I imagine, in a new way, in a different way. In other words, how they used to communicate with mom and dad is not going to be the same no. as how they are going to possibly tiptoe or figure out Okay, and also not indate themselves in mom and dad's life. They do have their own life they're living. And should, how, do you do, how do you make that connection? How do you help them create a new, um, a new venue in their life so that maybe they can get something more out of it in a positive direction than all of us becoming depressed about the whole situation? Yeah. You know, I think most families... Um, most families like to put the fun in dysfunction. So you have to let go of this idea that we're going to be this perfect family, that everything is going to go absolutely according to plan. You have to, we all have chaos and our idiosyncrasies. And during a time of stress in the family, that's when it all comes out. You know, oh, sure, right. Sibling <laughs> rivalry from 40 years ago. Two brothers are still <laughs> right. arguing about that stupid shot in the backyard that actually went in, but it didn't go in and it didn't get fouled and they're still angry about it or who knows what other issues are still there. Someone dated someone's girl that they liked. I don't know. Um, we're good about that, aren't we? Really Putting, good at, holding on to those skeletons in that closet. Right. Absolutely. We're, we're good at grudges. Um, so recognizing that the family dynamics are, they're going to be there. Um, and, and, and so then coordinating, collaborating with each other, with the siblings, to then go in and, and connect with the parents is, um, you know, is a challenge. Now, if as your parents age, they're developing some dementia, one of the, one of the tricks that, uh, that people find very helpful is to enter into their world. We want to correct people. If they're telling you it's Tuesday. That's the truth, right. And it's actually Saturday. Come on, Mom. Right. You know, we just talked about that a minute ago. It's Tuesday. Right. Just please, please, just say it's Tuesday. <laughs> She's like, no, it's Saturday and it's sunny outside. Well, it may be raining or snowing, but none of that matters. matters. Sure. The, the, the true trick is entering into that person's Good. world and rolling with wherever they are. The, the simple thing to think of is as somebody develops dementia, you really want to intervene more with the heart and less with the head. I love that. So if you connect empathically with someone's emotions and follow where they are and have some connection with them around their emotions, things open up. You soften the other, you're not in a battle anymore. You feel like you're more connected, and that's really what you're looking for in any relationship. It, it, honestly, right? That's true, right? I'm not that worried about reality with most of my patients, <laughs> or with my children and my wife. I mean, reality is highly overrated. Don't we create our own reality? Yeah, we do, and sometimes they're not so great. So if we kind of suspend that shoulds and the musts and how everything is supposed to be in us tiny little neat little box 
and we open ourselves up to the experience that we're facing in the moment, I think life becomes easier, becomes softer. We become more curious and open to the world, and and, and, and embrace I think we're less it. Angry, yeah. We embrace it. Absolutely. I can't thank you enough for being on our show today. This has been wonderful and very enlightening and encouraging. It is through your your knowledge and your ability that we have the we have the acceptance and knowing that there's somebody out there again on our team in our corner and and I and I love knowing that and that helps just even me in my own personal life feel like if I need it I know the help is out there Again, thank you so very much for being part of our show today, Dr. Eric Burko. This has been a tremendous show. If you do have any additional questions for Dr. Burko, please email your questions to laura at lauraminif.com. Thanks for listening to Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. This is Laura Minif saying goodbye, have a great day, and enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us this week for Dynamic Insights for Your Home Environment. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Laura Minnef, next Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll help you live in your healthiest environment. <music>